Presenting Randy Baker and Dr. Kent. Welcome to the Reputation Capital Podcast. And on our Reputation Capital Podcast, we talk to guests who have reputation that they can capitalize on. Or guests who maybe don't have the reputation yet, but they have a whole lot of capital. So it's all about how to use who you are to up-level whatever it is you're doing. Pretty cool stuff. Today's interview is a special one, interesting one, weird one, wonderful one. So we talked to Harvey Kraft. Uh, He's done all kinds of things, including a book that um, he spent 20 years on, um, worth checking out what what it's about. He'll talk about it. But also, Randy, this fascinating concept of money, which is kind of parallel to the way you see it, a little bit different. A little bit different. And I think you, our listeners, are going to have to spend a few minutes thinking about this concept when Harvey throws it up towards the end of the interview. And it sounds like a throwaway line, but it is so important. So please keep an ear out for this one very special line. What I also like about the interview with Harvey is that, you know, some folks just have an idea every second. So you'll, you'll see the kinds of guests we bring on. Some folks kind of have one concept that they'll, they'll always come back to. And, and Harvey has all kinds of ideas. Um, and so pick, pick and choose the things you think are most interesting from this. So uh, without further ado, let's go and listen to Harvey Kraft. So here we are. Harvey, we were just talking about your wonderful uh, wood panel background there and the surfboards that have graced the walls of your of your flat there in Monterey. How's the weather down there? It's somewhere around 65 today. So we have a temperate zone here in Monterey, so it fluctuates between uh, 58 and 68 for most of the year. The thing I find most interesting is your 49 years of experience. You told us you've got this just incredible treasure chest of crazy experiences throughout the years. So what does that seven times seven mm-hmm. uh, number of years uh, taught you? Well, it taught me to allow myself and give myself permission to go exploring and engage in whatever I find along the way. So I've, I've spent my life exploring some elements that might not seem to fit into uh, one holistic view. But as a matter of fact, I found a way to integrate everything that I've done in my life. And that includes uh, early career in working at American Express in New York and learning the world of marketing as well as in terms of uh, marketing, developing my own uh, design firm and then becoming a chief marketing officer. So that's one element of my experience. Simultaneously, I uh, became a historian because I had a uh, very, very deep interest in the story of the Buddha. And in, in particular, that led me to write a book called The Buddha from Babylon after some 25 to 30 years of research and writing, which uh, showed him to be a particular individual with a very great capacity 
for understanding the system of existence. And so that too was a very big part of the guiding part of who, who uh, I chose to become. And uh, in doing so, I, I, I learned quite a bit about ancient history and, uh, and the entire uh, visionary and sage history of the Axial Age, which is also the Buddha was a contemporary with pre-Socratic philosophers in Greece and Pythagoras. They all lived around the same time, so there is an element of seeing the big picture in the world and also living uh, during times of empire and how these particular aspects of domination versus liberation came into existence, which, interestingly enough, we're facing today to, to some extent. So there, that's another portion of it. And then, of course, uh, part of the ancient sages, part of their role was to predict what will happen in the future which uh, today we call analysts or planners. But uh, what struck me really is with the technology that's now emerging, we have a new visionary age. And the question now is uh, futuristic visionary, just like in the past the sage would predict, but not predict just on the basis of uh, some nebulous uh, thought, but rather predict on the basis of uh, how the how the system works and how the system evolves, and so once again I'm connecting and integrating everything I'm doing by what I'm doing right now, which is uh, I've, uh, I'm part of a founders group that uh, created a company called Digital Fandom, a company that is a next generation uh, developer of. Uh, of new technology, uh, particularly a consumer-driven rewards platform. And that in itself is a very sophisticated part of seeing the end of it. Interesting. I think Randy's dogs are responding to your to your yeah, uh, they, your story there, Arby. I actually had a question. They slipped a note under my door. <laughs> so they had to bark to let me know they'd done that. So, Harvey, as a historian, we always hear that if that those who do not study history, do not understand history, are doomed to repeat the same mistakes. As a historian and a futurist, how do you combine the lessons from history into your digital fandom concept, which is a very future technology and rewards-based uh, business that you're creating now? What lessons carry forward from history to today? I think uh, to look at history as I did is a little different from the traditional academic way of looking at history, which is the study of wars and the study of empires and the study of domination. Uh, the history that I decided to, to look at uh, is usually relegated to some kind of a background, uh, which is usually involves some kind of a religious view, but really is more about the uh, the spiritual and emotional and psychological aspect of history. Okay, which is a very different situation because, from that standpoint, what is meaningful to human life is very different from what the historical record seems to indicate. So. 
In that respect, I think the, the visionary history teaches that the most important thing is awareness, consciousness, discernment, and the ability to understand yourself and others in the context of, uh, of the challenges that uh, come with existence. Uh, so consequently, I think we are right now at the, that kind of crossroads once again, where uh, we are facing a continuous 5,000 years of buildup of a hierarchical system by which uh, some uh, have the power at the top and more often uh, the people that are not the ones with the power basically have to become conscious of their own lives if they're going to succeed. In other words, uh, what is there when there is no you know, tangible material wealth? Where does this satisfaction come from? Well, it comes from inward development, which is accessible to all human beings. And I think right now we're looking at, at how that particular issue is going to either be aided by technology or is it going to be uh, harmed by technology? And uh, so I'm in the pro-technology camp in the sense that uh, my view is that we need a systemic upgrade of technology that takes into account the actual reality of human beings and their capacity to evolve their capacity to express themselves, and their capacity to, uh, to uh, work together uh, in unity and create harmony. So Harvey, I love, I love listening to you. I think um, you, have, you have a way about you that, that is very sort of hypnotic and cyclical, sort of has these, these arcs um, of storytelling. I wanted to almost, just because our time is limited, almost kind of cut through the arc and say, so, I mean, you hit on a lot of topics that I find really fascinating. One is, how does someone's consciousness and awareness manifest itself in current technology, right? Some might say uh, it's tied to something like the blockchain, where it's a one-to-one relationship. You're not interacting with an algorithm. Mm-hmm. Uh, some might say, well, it's in VR or AR, where you can design your own avatar and be whatever you believe that you are. Mm-hmm. What I think is interesting is I almost want to transcend that for a second. And when we think about young people and how they perceive reality, mm-hmm. they don't perceive technology and the real world as being separate, which almost makes me think of the Buddha, makes me think of the book Siddhartha by Herman Hesse or something like that, where you experience all things in order to sort of go up that level of consciousness and awareness. I'm curious to ask you very specifically, what do you think about kids today, how they perceive the world? Uh, and kind of outside of, you know, poverty versus, you know, wealth, that kind of thing. But just in terms of kids and their experience, how do you, how do you think things are moving and shaping and, and changing? And how should young people or young business owners and so on represent themselves to move into the future? I think it's a very, very positive uh, situation right now uh, in terms of how the newer generations are looking at the experiential modality as opposed to the uh, tell me what I need to do and how to do it modality. Okay, so 
even uh, brand brands have come to understand that it's the experience with the brand, not the the broadcast uh, story of the brand that actually is what sticks with the newer generation. So much of what we're doing right now is based on the fact that we have a, a new looming internet coming up, which is this called the spatial web, a three-dimensional VR, AR, MR type of experience that is going to change the playing field so dramatically that uh, the first question we have to say is, what are corporations going to do in an environment where the individual who is in that new web has a self-sovereign identity where they control the data on themselves, where you cannot get away with intruding or influencing people in the usual way, the way it's been up to now, which is the old way. So consequently, I think we're in a very good place to make a a huge leap forward positively. So Harvey, I want to jump in with um, some thoughts. With the current technology and the current internet, we see people becoming totally consumed by their social media presence. They spend all their time on social media. They are connecting with people who they have never met, who may not be who they make themselves out to be. There's a lot of social pressure through social media. With the spatial web coming next step, do you see that problem of people being lost within the technology to become a bigger problem because, you know, with AR and VR, you have uh, another step removed from the reality of dealing face-to-face with people. Um, I I personally see this as a detraction for technology, (laughs) but I would welcome your thoughts. And sorry, my printer just magically went off (laughs) and printed a page, and I don't know why. The dogs were faxing you as they were barking. Yeah, maybe that's it. I'd better go and see. Maybe there's another question. Well, of course, that's, you know, there's so many opinions about all of that. And uh, aside from the opinions, the, the question is, what are we going to do? We, we can all see uh, the Internet, but also, let's face it, uh, much of the social media right now is a is controlled from the top by the technologists themselves. And uh, so we're not really talking about a free flow of information when it comes to social information, especially if it's it's one where people don't have an agreement on it. Where people agree on things, they have wonderful relationships using social media. (laughs) Where they don't agree with one another, that's where the problem is, which is you know, basically a historical fact is when the people disagree or they want what the other one wants, uh, you're going to create conflict. So no surprise here, conflict. One of the things, of course, that is going to be available with the spatial web is something called provenance of information. In other words, with the kind of uh, blockchain underlying it and the ability to find out uh, the origin of a particular ingredient uh, ingredient or or item or thought that people will have at their disposal much much better way of uh, determining authenticity 
so therefore more trust rather than just arguing till you're blue in the face, which uh, some people are more inclined to do. But we're hoping that what we're really talking about is even if we do take steps back, we can learn from those and we can continue to develop uh, human minds uh, to create greater consciousness and awareness. I think that the next level of evolution is not so much a physical one, but one in which we make uh, uh, an evolutionary leap forward in our ability to discern. And right there is what the uh, the problem is with the social media, is you don't have much discernment going on right now. So what can an individual do to kind of go forward in your school of thought? And do some of your resources sort of point people in the right direction? Well, I think the, the best things that we can do as an individual are fairly simple, but the question is whether we're inclined to do so. So, for example, should education, if I'll take that particular subject, be a situation where we're cramming information into a person and leading them to think a certain way and that we are then developing their minds in a way that we, meaning we, the teachers, decide their minds ought to be versus allowing them resource access to be able to explore and learn through self-exploration and and self-drive. And I think that that's going to be a very big change. A lot of our institutions, whether they be corporate or educational or economic, are going to experience this same situation. Anybody that thinks that this is a time for empires to become stronger has it backwards. I think that that the system itself is undergoing change. This is just a natural expression of the human capacity to evolve by exploration. Where can people find you and where can they kind of read more of your ideas? Well, you can find me on LinkedIn. I have a profile there. And I also uh, enjoy using LinkedIn as a publishing forum. Uh, and so I, I, I write what I call wisdom verses on, on various topics. You can also reach me at uh, digitalfandom.com, which is just a preliminary site for what we're going to be building in terms of new technology. And also I'm reachable at buddhafrombabylon.com for those people that are interested in reading the book I wrote uh, on that subject. Wonderful. It's been such a pleasure chatting with you. Uh, there's no doubt that, you know, your, your sort of thought leader perspective on what the future looks like doesn't fall on deaf ears here. It's, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens next. I hope we don't have to wear those big glasses for the VR and AR stuff. Uh, I, I'm, I, I'm just not a big fan of that. But the, but the rest I find fascinating. Yes, I, I, I'm with you on that. I think you're muted, Randy. My printer has stopped, so now I can speak. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for your time, Harvey. Um, hang around for a couple of minutes after the show. We'd like to just chat with you. So, uh, All right, Randy. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate your host. Thank you. Bye for now. So thank you for that, Harvey. It was great talking with you, and thank you for sharing so openly about your your thoughts about particularly about money that was the thing that really really impacted me and i'm sure our listeners will get some value from that as well 
Yeah, it was so great to talk to you, Harvey. Wonderful ideas coming through, especially I love the diversity of concepts we went through in this interview. Now, talking about diversity and concepts and high-level thinking, if you want to know a little bit more about Dr. Kent and myself, please go to our website, thoughtpartnergroup.com, and you'll find a little assessment button at the top there. And you can click on that assessment button and take one minute of your time to do the assessment. We'll take a minute of our time to read it and send some send a response back to you. And also, let me remind you to subscribe to our podcast. We'd love for you to hear each episode as it comes out. So hit the subscribe button. And uh, if you listen back to this episode or any of our other episodes, you might hear a lovely dog bark or two as part of the joy of podcasting. So uh, let us know if you hear one. And uh, I don't know, we'll send you back a hand clapping emoji. Sounds fantastic fabulous and it just shows that we are real people.